This is the Women Emerging Expedition Podcast, so you can follow the ups and downs and the roundabouts of the expedition and play your part in them. 24 women started on the 28th of May 2022 on this virtual expedition that will take nine months. We are women from across the world determined to find an approach to leadership that resonates with women. We'll be successful so that women the world over will be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Julia Middleton, Expedition Leader. This is the 26th episode and we're going to use this episode as an opportunity to sort of catch up with the expedition itself. We are a third of the way through and I thought it would be helpful to take a bit of a snapshot with, I've chosen three members to speak to, three members of the expedition to speak to. In July, all the members formed into five groups. Some of the groups bigger, some of the groups smaller, and they chose a subject that they wanted to work on. It had to be something that we thought was either a tension within the group or a gap within the expedition that we felt needed addressing and that we needed to concentrate on. So for this episode, I'm going to really talk to some of the members who were involved in two of those groups. One of the groups was about looking at the issue of power and privilege and that how that intersected with leadership. And the second one that I'm going to talk to is looking at the issue of spirituality and the intersection between spirituality and leadership. So on the first one, two members of that group were Aparna and Analush, and they talked about power and privilege, and Katya then talked, uh, was a member of the spirituality group, and she's going to talk to us as well. And, and obviously, as you'll see, the two groups began to converge and overlap and, and, and serve each other in a very, very helpful and interesting way. So let's start with Aparna on power and privilege. And as we start, I thought the first fun question to ask her was that was to, to sort of say, how's she feeling about the expedition? Because I know right from the start that she was the member who was possibly the least at peace with the expedition. And I thought it'd be interesting to ask her how that journey is going. And then to talk to her a little bit about power privilege. And then actually to, I find it incredibly helpful talking to Aparna about some of the other groups and some of the issues that I'm actually myself struggling with that the other groups are dealing with. And, and Aparna helped me a lot to try and find my way through. So Aparna first. Aparna. Uh, when when you started on this expedition, what were you thinking? And now that you're halfway through, what are you thinking? Well, hello, Julia. It's always wonderful <laughs> talking to you. And is it is it always wonderful? <laughs> it is. It is. I, I didn't expect that it would be, but it is. <laughs> and um, and uh, well, you you know uh, better than anybody that I was I was a bit skeptical at the beginning, 
for many reasons, which I think will unfold as we proceed in this conversation. Um, but primarily because I just felt like maybe we're just this self-selected group of women who've had access and privilege and, you know, this is going to be an easy conversation for us. And, you know, should I, should I be putting my energy into it? Um, and would I be contributing to reinforcing the stereotypes of what leadership is because it's the same set of people that always get to speak. And so that was my skepticism. And I held back, as you know, for a little while. But I think the universe wanted me to learn some lessons <laughs> by going on this journey and really unpacking all of these assumptions that we, that, you know, that all of us make their implicit biases that we have both positive and negative um, built into the way that we think. And sometimes challenging my privilege, I also tend to forget that there are, I mean, I, that's, that's been my biggest lesson. I, there are ways in which I can work with my privilege to shift power. And so it's been humbling to, to be on this expedition. I'm especially glad that you made the effort to bring on a lot of younger women, because I think their perspective has been the most radically powerful and impactful in shifting my own thinking. I always think, I mean, I've always thought of myself as a radical person in the way that, um, you know, I navigated life and issues of power, but, um, but it's been very refreshing. I'm glad I went on the expedition uh, midway through it. I, I would have made a mistake had I said no. And at the moment, you're in a group, a really interesting group, who are looking at the issue of privilege and power. Where's that group got to? So I think where we've been able to land is, is in a positive place where um, we've been able to really redefine privilege as also a situation, you know, a position where one takes responsibility rather than, than, than a position of power where that, that, that you use to your own advantage. And I think when it comes to power, we were also, we've also been able to sort of reshape the idea of power as a form of energy that flows rather than a force that sits and accumulates in one place. And I think both of these have been, it wasn't easy to get there because we've come with from very different sort of life stories and expectations, but it wasn't all, it, on the other hand, it was also not, not very difficult because once you began opening up and actually speaking about yourself from a very vulnerable position as someone who wasn't sure about what to do with your power um, or whether power was something that is necessarily a precondition of having of being in a leadership position. Can you get to a leadership position only if you accumulate power? So, um, so we had to ask difficult questions and make ourselves, ourselves vulnerable. And I think that has been the most, again, a powerful emotive experience is that you can only start to deal with this idea of power if you become vulnerable, you know, in a responsible way. So, so I think that's where we're at. We still um, struggling. I, I'm still struggling with a few questions around things like, is leadership gendered? I think it's simplistic to say that it, it isn't. Um, I would rather not jump to that at this point, because I think that has to do with power. 
I think it's easy to say that leadership isn't gendered when you've had, you know, a reasonable, decent amount of power all your life. So I want to be cautious. I think I think I'm I'm sometimes more cautious than others um, when we're uh, when when we decide to sort of make statements around this is what we think leadership is. I'm much more comfortable with a fluid and dynamic definition of leadership and a fluid and dynamic path for this expedition to take. So yeah, so that's where we are. It's a, and I was surprised that that's the group I ended up choosing because I always thought I'd go into the spirituality group because that's where I thought my interest really lay. But, you know, when I really think about the work that I do and the meaning that I'm trying to work, make in the world, I might be harnessing my own internal power from my spiritual being, but how that's expressed in the world really has to do with power and privilege. And it was like a force pushed me to be in this group. The other thing we've both struggled with is the link between motherhood and leadership, isn't it? Yes. I'm, I'm still struggling to figure out how to make that connection because we all talk about inclusivity and then we talk about motherhood and leadership and it doesn't quite feel right not just to men but also to women who choose not to have children women who can't have children or women who express their motherly instincts towards flowers or animals or plants um it's it's sort of I I'm really struggling with it are you a little bit but maybe not as much as you are um and I think that's possibly because I want to defy at some level this idea that inclusivity means that means um counting categories and then including them I'm I'm struggling with this idea that identity is you know, sometimes defined by um, categories of experience or categories of feeling or categories of belonging. Um, and that inclusivity isn't always only about identity, only about the choices we make, but that there are also ways of being in this world. And, and inclusivity is about about ways of being, about multiple ways of being. So for me, the idea of being a mother instinctively isn't tied to the idea of giving birth because mothering is so much more than giving birth. And, and I know that you and I have talked about motherness, which is you know a, a state of being that is nurturing and caring and and this idea that nurture can also could also have elements to it that could be withholding, not always giving. You know, you might show nurture by withholding something that's not good for the person that you're going to care for, right? So, and and we know that as 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 mothers, both of us are mothers, but we also know that through friendship. You know, we also know that there are so many elements to motherhood motherness that are not related to the ability to give birth they're 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 re they really spring from um you know other 
you know, natural human and other than human instincts around care, nurture, protectiveness, sustenance, you know, and, and all of that. So I, I, I don't struggle with it as much um, because I, I also, I think that if we struggle with, if, if we struggle with these terms too much, we might end up whittling down what their potential might be. And, and we've seen a lot of that whittling, I think, um, to the point where those of us who have progressive values in this society have just become so divided amongst ourselves. And, 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 and I worry sometimes um, that, you know, that certain universal ideas like motherness, which are connected to the idea of the feminine, the woman, could be made more inclusive in a more organic way rather than defining, you know, I, I know women who've never had children, who never wanted to have children, who are extremely maternal. It, it gives them the ability to be even more maternal because they don't have the angst of a certain other attachment. <laughs> so so that, that's where, I, that, that's where I, I, just, I, I'm, I think I'm making conscious choices not to struggle with certain ideas so that I have the energy to struggle with others. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I can say as a parent is I'm very glad we're struggling together because every time I talk to you, I get clearer in my head. The one thing that I, I, that I, do, that I do feel like we need to make, make all right, I don't want to use the word normal, but is, is, for, is for women who want to be leaders, not to feel uncomfortable with the idea of being mothers. It is in their workplace, whether it's to their own children. I mean, I think we've, we've had decades, centuries of women who need, who had desires or aspirations to be leaders who had to consciously separate from their mothers. Subdue them, absolutely. And not bring them to work. Yeah, not bring them to work, not, not bring your maternal side to work. And I, I feel like to be a maternal leader is so incredibly powerful. And why, why would we not allow that side of ourselves to emerge in a world where there is so much conflict? That's, that's to me, I mean, if we, um, you know, I have, I have this, this huge dream that, we're, that one day we're going to have, um, you know, women leading interfaith dialogue because we have so much religious conflict in this world and i can't i can't imagine that not having a, an element of of motherness to it yeah, yeah. Okay. yes yeah. and and so many spiritual traditions and i think when we're moving into something that you and i also struggle with and are also interested in is um, so many spiritual traditions, the non-Abrahamic ones, celebrate the feminine as mother, not, not just to sort of exemplify and glorify just one aspect of, of um, what it means to be feminine, but also because of the power that it carries. And so we're back to power again. Thank you, Aparna. You have the uncanny ability 
to reframe things for people and especially for me and and I I can see the motherhood issue much more clearly myself now but now let's go back to power and privilege itself and and talk to Anna Lush who was also in the same group as as Aparna and ask her what she herself discovered being very aware of our privilege is so important in how we wield our power, right? What we use it for. I think that, um, you know, we. I love the idea that came up that power is a resource, an energy, a force for transformation, not necessarily a force for dominance or for gaining status. Aparna had this amazing uh, visual idea that she talked to us about three concentric circles that go from control to influence to care and concern. And if you keep trying to push, use power to push into the outer uh, sides of that, of that sphere of action, that, that that's a way, in my view, to balance power and love, which is something I brought to the conversation. The idea that both power and love can be generative or harmful, and yet in excess or depending on how they are used, let's put it that way. And I think this idea by Aparna was very helpful to me. If you keep going towards the center, towards control, you're using power in a different way. The expression privilege and power, I remember when you formed it as a group, it was very interesting because the words privilege and power were almost expressed as negative words. Honestly, I think that the the tone and our relationship with these concepts shifted over the course of the conversation. I think it shows you how ingrained some of these prevalent views of, of leadership, power, and privilege are for all of us. As we started exploring, uh, I think we realized that it had all this, all, it, they have all these positive sides. When I kept thinking about this dance between, you know, pushing towards the middle in a partner's. Uh, framework of control and influence and pushing towards the out outer circles of care and concern and this dance we have to do because you know as a leader you do need to control certain things you can't just dwell in concern as Vidya for example has explained in previous uh, you know conversations but I think that dance uh, it happens over time and how you manage it over time is important and how perhaps how we lead as women and how we relate to that cyclical nature of things or temporary nature of things might be an insight that we can build on, might be a, a specific strength that we can build on. Why do you think that? Because I think, um, I think women live in a more cyclical reality. You know, we, our bodies go through cycles every month. We, some of us go through pregnancies, which require an immense amount of patience and understanding of and trusting of processes and then radical change with a birth and that process. And, you know, I think there might be something there. I don't know. We've talked about the, the role that being in a woman's body may play in leadership. And, and that's where I've gone with that. We are, of course, only a third of the way through the expedition. So 
some of the issues I think all of us feel were landing, but some are still very much in the air and 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 um and and we're all thinking them through. Thank you so much, Anarush, for being honest about that. So now I think we go to Katya, who was in the spirituality group. She Katya is one of the young women who are on the expedition that Aparna has loved being around the most. And of course, as Katya talks about spirituality and leadership, you'll see that it connects very much with the power and privilege group. Katya Aparna was on the power and privilege group, but clearly yearned to be in the spirituality group where I think she felt... So she, I think she was missing every minute of your discussions. But, of course, there's a very strong link between power and privilege and the spirituality group that you were in. Tell us a little bit about what came out of the spirituality group and, and why, you, why did you even choose to be part of it? Um, what drew me to the spirituality group in the first place was the fact that it's something I think that many of us are afraid of, particularly when we're talking about leadership because I think we are afraid of bringing elements that are not solid or soft or flexible into um, something that many of us understand as being fixed uh, and strong. Um, And I think that spirituality, the discussion of the link between spirituality and leadership prompts us to broaden our understanding of leadership spirituality for us was not so much an ingredient or element of leadership um, so much as something that informs the approach to um, leadership and the process of leadership. Um, And so how this links to the concept of power and privilege, um, I think spirituality really forces us, maybe not forces us, but prompts us to Think about why we do what we do as leaders, what the path is that we are pursuing and why, and consequently how we are using our power and privilege to bring those things to life, um, how, to, how to bring those good things into life. And spirituality is something that is so different for every person. And the reason why we kept it as a broad um, category of spirituality, as opposed to something more concrete like religion is that, as I said, everyone has a different understanding of what spirituality is, but there are some core elements that we all agreed on that inform this approach to or understanding of leadership. And I think that, well, what we agreed was that our own spiritual practices make us more maybe empathetic, more understanding of the bigger picture, willing to share power, um, wanting to share power for a greater good and believing in something much bigger than ourselves. And I think that this, this really does fit into the discussion around power and privilege as well. I got the impression you were also, in a way you went into this slight, cynical's too big a word, isn't it? Mm questioning yeah I mean I think I think when you hear the word spirituality when many people hear the word spirituality people who are who don't necessarily have a religious 
background, I think there is some hesitation to place importance on, as I said before, something that is less tangible. Um, we really want to be able to understand things and um, we have this assumption that to understand something, we have to be able to see it clearly and define it in fixed terms. And I think that the notion of spirituality challenges this. So maybe I was skeptical coming into this, understanding how, first of all, we could come to some sort of agreement as to what spirituality even means, but then also how it can inform our understanding of leadership and, and an inclusive approach to leadership that resonates with women. So yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised, I think, by the consensus that we reached within our group, but also the fact that simply in discussing our understanding of spirituality in our own lives, we became a lot closer within that group. And I think that putting these elements into practice really gave us an insight into how this could look in, in a broader context and understanding the importance of discussing these topics as a, as a way to be closer to one another, both within the expedition and also outside of it. That's fascinating. So, so almost by doing it, you persuaded yourselves that it needs doing. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Has spirituality been a big thing in your life? That's a good question. I would say now, yes. What did Melissa, what was the aha you got from Melissa? Maybe one of the big aha moments with Melissa um, was when she was talking about giving away, giving things away, giving energy away, serving others as a means to grow yourself as well. And the way that she described it is that giving to others and supporting others as she put it, is only limited by the rate of acquisition and distribution. So it's not whether you can give, but it's how much you can give and when you can give. And she, she ended this by saying that more always comes. And I think that it's this belief and trust that more always comes, allowing us to share with others and to be open to others. I think this for me was a really beautiful understanding that she shared um, and a really beautiful aha moment, you know, that doesn't matter where you are in life, what you have career-wise, possession-wise, you can always be of benefit to others somehow. And I think that this is really central to good leadership as well. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the key links between spirituality and, and the sort of inner awareness and, and good leadership we were discussing, you know, why are we so obsessed with this notion of accumulating more? Why does it always have to, why does the goal always have to be to have more, more power, more things? And her kind of contribution as well to that discussion about giving to others is that actually there's so much to gain by giving and so much to gain by understanding that the end goal is not necessarily about, you know, immediate personal growth and I think that it's again this questioning of power how we understand power how we share power that really ties into the power and privilege group and and they had some amazing discussions on that so very exciting links between between all of the groups I think 
Thank you, Katia. <laughs> the expedition has indeed been unpredictable for so many of us in, in our learning and um, clearly very uh, has had some very deep impacts on you, unpredictable impacts on you. So, so we come to the end of our dipping into what's going on within the expedition at the moment. Lots of other things going on, of course, um, but I hope that gives you a sense of some of them. What are the members now doing in September? Um, actually, all the members of the expedition, every single one of the 24 women, is now interviewing a man that they have identified whose leadership they think would resonate with women to figure out where we can really learn from many of those men who um, whose leadership resonates with us. Uh, it will be fascinating, and I absolutely promise to to give you the feedback um, to 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 dip back into the expedition in a few weeks' time. So, as you see, the expedition is live and well and deep in the minds of the 24 women across the world, digging, 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 so that they find an approach to leadership that resonates with women, so that you can all say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love you to follow the expedition and provide your own stories and perspectives. You can do this by subscribing to this podcast and joining the Women Emerging Group on LinkedIn, where you can have your say.